Hello, this is Life, Death, Sci-Fi, a podcast about science fiction that blasts out like a rocket engaging its warp drive. Not just about spaceships and ray guns. It's about life, death, and sci-fi. I'm Eric. And I'm Chris. And I've already forgot what I'm supposed to say. Okay, you're going into the, the to the first topic, setting and world building. A little bit about the the title. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, maybe an overview. I I had a really you know my here's my overview. Fountains of Paradise, Gatekeepers and Politics, Construction and Safety, Rescue and Beyond. I don't know. All right. Okay, and this is season. One episode eleven, and this for this this episode we read the Fountains of Paradise by Arthur C. Clarke. It's um, quite a world he builds mid mid twentieth century all the way into the twenty uh, or twenty second mid twenty first century into the twenty second, um, and we find ourselves on the. In, in in the future, in Sri Lanka, in on the uh, island of Taprobane, uh, with some flashbacks to the past, and uh, it's there that we meet our uh, our protagonist um, Morgan, who uh, who has as who is famed for building his uh, bridge linking uh, the continents of Europe and Africa. How, and how tall did that bridge end up being? Something like three miles high to, I, I assume, to make the spans or something? Is yeah, that- I think that's right. Yeah, they thought about making it even higher, but there was a concern over vertigo or, or something like that. Uh, right, yeah, exactly. And now, and now he's on this sacred site in... Taprobane. I hope I'm saying that right. I didn't look it up. Um, I googled it, but I didn't look up the pronunciation. Taprobane, is that how you say it? I would say it that way. And yeah, Taprobane Island. Yeah, and this was uh, I mean, the first time I'd heard of it. It, it is an island. Um, I like Privately owned? The cover <laughs> of the copy I have, but what's that? Uh, privately owned, I think. Yeah, yeah that- I think it's a, it's a hotel now, right? You could just... And I was kind of hoping that Arthur C. Clarke uh, owned it, but I I don't think I got that. Maybe I'm wrong. No, and I, I wanted to do a bit more research as to why, you know, try to find out, find out how he may have settled on that particular spot. Uh, I, I I read something about that, and he said it was in his retirement. He was totally surprised that you know that that he ended up there. Um, with all of this happening above above him, this would be the spot um, on really? on the planet best for this uh, building the elevator. In, but in actual and in, in actuality, in reality, it would be yes. Hmm. Yes. Well, so yeah, our, our protagonist is an engineer building who has this idea to build an elevator to space and uh, because of um, and, and correct what me, could yeah. be simpler, right? Elevator into space. 
Right, right. Yeah. Let's build a, a, a tower to the heavens. Um, seems like a good idea. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, and I, I guess at this point, we should probably say that there will be spoilers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't uh, listen to Life, Death, Sci-Fi without at least one spoiler. That's for sure. Yeah, lots of, lots of spoilers. We're, we're, we're assuming you've read the entire book, as we have. And uh, we're going to talk about the end of that book at some point. I, I, I'm looking forward to that because I don't know if I totally understood the end of the book. Oh, okay, good. Because I wanted to talk about the, the, the um, yep, beginning. Yeah. Where, where there was this this kind of uh, ancient religious uh, kingdom, religion. I think religion came later, but the, this kingdom uh, fought after and built upon these fountains that um, took quite amazing engineering to to do, and and then the mysterious murals on the face of that giant rock um i i i liked it i i liked uh, uh the the story behind it but i i was trying to fit that with what was coming next and you know the jump into the future uh left me a little bit disoriented it seemed right. like, uh, it seemed like two different stories there and they were and he was trying to put those together but uh, they were both amazing feats of engineering. The fountains, right. the ancient fountains. Yeah, I, I, I have similar questions, and I, and I, I think you know, there's a number of different um, myths and illusions, some real and some not. And I, I, I guess I wondered about the intertwining of those and whether he's creating, you know, there's a sort of myth making happening here, right? I mean, it's a future myth. Um, mm. Yeah. We get the sense that, that this is uh, narrated from um, a future beyond the, the time of the, uh, the time that we're the time of the setting, right. That it's looking back at, at um, for us, it's our future, but the narrator is looking back. Right. Um, mm. okay does that, does that make sense no no like uh it's just like, me it's just me though well I, but no, I yeah wonder, it, it's it's explain like yourself <laughs> that the the narrator is maybe somebody in uh i don't know 2000 or the 23rd century who's yes. looking back at all of this right okay yeah it's not, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's uh, like a history. Right. Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I struggle a little bit with the intertwining of the, the ancient past and this kind of future present a little bit myself. I was, uh, every, every morning I watch, um, uh, Stargate while I'm on my uh, elliptical machine for 20 minutes. Oh, and and uh, I was kind of expecting something like that to open up here in the Fountains of Paradise, you know, to make a, a more kind of uh, uh, 
future past uh, connection. But um, Arthur I've C. Clarke is. I've only seen the the movie. Uh huh. You're watching the series Stargate. Oh my God! They it's an industry, and it's okay. Um, uh, and it's great for exercising because you know you get to get to the point in the in the episode where you know you want to come back and do more elliptical because you want to see the end of this story. That's that's what I'm after. But uh-huh. while we're on the subject and off of Fountains of Paradise for a minute, there have been some uh, some developments in the in the uh, world of. Um, uh, TV and movie science fiction. Um, they put they put back the uh, um, Dune ep- um, movie. Oh yeah, I saw that. Or or is it, it a movie or is it a series? Until, until what March or something or March or April? Yeah, or yeah. Big disappointment there. Yeah. However, season two of Discovery. The, the latest uh, um, the version, yeah, is is uh, is quite. Uh, two episodes are out right now, and it, and um, I'm all caught up and happy to see the third. Yeah, I've seen the first one. I, I didn't watch the second yet, but I, I enjoyed. The I, first one. Yeah, yeah, I, and and when and when they when they uh, there there will be a little bit of a spoiler here. Um, when she crashed on the planet and got out of her suit and found out that she, you know there were there was life on the planet and she just like oh yes you know yeah. she's alive and came out of this amazing kind of experience um and this and the second episode is the same way with the with the discovery ship i won't i won't say more than that so so you've got or the enterprise is is the discovery ship um, what there's one other science fiction thing that's that's well um, bouncing around. Uh, well, I don't know. We, I know we, I think I, I mean, I finished Raised by Wolves. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you, did you finish it? Of course. Yeah. I, I love that. That's one of the highlights for me of this year so far mm. in terms of just, just, uh, yeah, viewing pleasure. Yeah, I, got, I, I really enjoyed that. Now, that one had the strange religious sect that, you know, um, moved off of Earth and brought their sect with them. Right. Uh, and a, a little bit like here in Fountains of, of Paradise, the, the monks who... Yeah. Uh, uh, um, nailed themselves on the on the mountain and wouldn't leave. Certainly well, they, for any yeah any space elevator, right? Well, and there was um in in the the ancient history of the uh, Kalidasa, and um, who was the other? Who were the two the two brothers? Because there was kind of a Cain and Abel uh, archetype. Uh, oh right, right. Developed. And that reminded me of Raised by Wolves because there's, I think there's a Cain, Cain and Abel thing happening there, and with both these stories, a lot of biblical references. Who, who, who were the, who were the two brothers? I'm forgetting their names. It was um, Kali, the Kalidasa, right? Yep. Oh, the, and the other uh, one started with an M. 
Mahanya Mahana Yake Taro, right? Uh, how, how come I didn't? Malgo. How come I didn't remember that? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Malgara was a half brother. That was the name Malgara. Yeah, Kalidasa. Yeah, yeah. That was challenging. I don't know how you felt. Um, I don't. Know, I guess. I guess I'm skipping past your other uh, sci-fi thing of note. But we, we were looking forward to a couple things. Maybe that was the other. Uh, there was Dune, and what was the the foundation? Foundation, foundation. was that was that uh, postponed too? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm guessing anything that's been um, well. Dune, Dune was a series, though. I wonder why are they postponing a series? I don't understand that. I don't series, know. Right? It's not a film; it's a series. I thought it was, and then sometimes I look at it, and it looks like it's a movie. I'm, I, I'm really confused about that. Hmm. Oh, it's a film. Is it 2021? Uh, okay, so that's uh, why they're postponing it. Yeah, IMAX and 3D. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense, I guess. 3D? Yeah, it says, well, it says IMAX. And, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 3D would be good, but I'm not going to, to a movie theater anytime soon. No, I mean, for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I don't know. I feel, I feel, I don't feel so, so worried with a mask on. Honestly, I, I could, I could sit in a theater and watch a movie with a mask. Well, what, the bummer part, the big, the part that would bother me is I wouldn't be able to eat popcorn and, and a movie without popcorn just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I, I was, um, uh, buying dinner at uh, subway. Um, so when we finish here, I've got my subway in the, in the refrigerator and I, I'm up, there at the counter and I'm doing a pretty good job of ordering. Um, and then this family comes up there were, there, there were, I think eight people and all of a sudden there was no social distancing. Uh, you know, all these kids without masks were around me mm. and, and a couple of adults and the woman was trying to give me a change and I just backed off and they crowded in. And then they crowded into the register and she held her hand up with my change. And I went, I'm not going to go through that crowd to get uh, my change. Mm. Um, so she told them to back off. But, you know, it was awkward. I felt awkward. She felt awkward. And, the you know, and the people, they, you know, like, who's this guy? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's a bit of that. We, we were out for the first time as a family. Uh, a little farther away from usual, uh, from from our house, a little farther than usual, and and same kind of deal. There were there were some parks, and there were like a lot of kids in some plazas, and and this these kind of grassy parts of parks, and they weren't wearing masks, like all the little kids, and um, and just kind of just for whatever reason, coming and sitting too close, and there was lots of space, but it's it's. You know how there's certain people that kind of gravitate near others, and uh, what would I, I mean, that's what we do. We're people, right? That's what we want. We want that social connection. We want to, you know, be around other people. Yeah, absolutely. Mexico's having a really hard time with it because, um, you know, they, they they it's a culture that loves fiesta, and um, they haven't been able to do that, and. And so now it's it, it has loosened up a little bit 
with the government always saying, you know, you, we're close to shutting it down again, you know, that, that kind of thing. And it's, and I don't know, out at the soccer fields, there was a big uh, party with, you know, a lot of music until two o'clock last night. It, there had to be a hundred people, 200, 300 people there. I don't know. It was a big crowd anyway, cause I could hear them. I, I, uh, um, I thought, Oh my God, you know, when, when you go home and you, and you kiss your abuela, uh, good night, I hope you don't give her COVID. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's like people don't get the, the gravity of the situation. Yeah. Hmm. Are you uh, talking about any leaders that we know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's let, uh, let's hope the next time we have uh, one of these chats, uh, um, uh, it's a it's a there's a deep um, I don't know like a that's right some sort of um, sonic boom of relief you know some kind oh oh wouldn't that be great I I'm sure we're rounding the corner it's just around the corner. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, pretty nervous about the whole thing. Um, well, uh, yeah. So you guys is um, now Dia de los Muertos? Is that um, uh, canceled? Canceled. Halloween canceled. Canceled. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much the case here as well, but not as big of a deal. But still, uh, we had last year. We had like 200 kids trick or treating at our door. Wow, really? I know. It was like we had mm, 15, between 15 and 20 big bags of candy. And we were out before, you know, the end. Well, I bet I bet some of them still show up. Well, it's not going to happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another sad, awkward thing, right? But, all right. I well, I digressed us right there. I did a good job of that too. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of gravity, um, we should report <laughs> to the uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So well, let's see. We we, yeah, we talked about the setting a little bit. So it's the you know near near future, and I guess near science fiction is the subgenre, right? There's a lot of this that is. Yep. I. I thought the the setting question was, or the setting idea was pretty interesting because, yeah, it is on uh, Taprobane Island, which is the which is the focus point, the best, you know, the sweet spot of the planet to you know shoot up an elevator. Um, but also, when you think about it, it is the 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 planet itself. It is then the orbiting. Um, uh, s- space stations or whatever that are, you know, dropping down the, the, um, filaments to, you know, the, the ribbons to, you know, ride the, the elevator up. And, and in this, this story, it even had, they even brought in uh, an asteroid, right. To, to anchor it up there. Um, so, so it goes from planet to, to out in, into space, but then, then we're talking about, you know, um, uh, settlements on, on the moon and Mars. And so it includes our solar system, uh, of course with the, uh, with the solar flares and all of that, the, the, the sun. So 
Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I don't think it's quite a, a space opera, but it sure does. It 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 is a broad scope, a huge. You really, when you read the story, you have to think big. Right. Yeah, I felt that way as well, and I and it felt like um, to be honest, I didn't even look this up, but it felt like the beginning of a series. Um, and it's not right. Um, I I don't think there's a sequel to it, but there must be other, you know, stories out there. Well, yeah, I, even I kinda, Star Trek kinda, mentions. Oh. It has uh, Star Trek, the Star Trek episode Voyager, I think Rise, has has a uh, a space elevator uh, episode where they get into some trouble on the way, and of course our Voyager guys have to come in and help out. Well, I still have yet to watch Star Trek Voyager. I've, I've just embarrassed myself twice now. Right, I've got no. No Star Trek Voyager, even though I've watched most of the other Star Trek. Oh, oh my God! It's such a huge franchise; no one can see it all. Well, I, I feel like I should. I think I've seen all the. I think I've seen all the rest. Um, maybe not. I mean, there's there's so the original Star Trek Next Generation. I've seen all those. Um, Discovery is it just the Voyager in between, or am I forgetting something? Oh, there's the Enterprise, which takes you back to pre, you know, first. Star Trek series, and then there's um, what is it, the Space Station Nine? I'm I'm mis remembering oh, that. Yeah, is it, I've seen that. There's another one, but oh, that's that's quite good actually. Odo is is a, a great character in that. <laughs> hmm, I gotta check that out. Well, before we before we go too far with setting, I I, I guess I hear what you're saying about it being. Um, so epic and there's parts of this that I, I think just in terms of the uh well I, I i was really fascinated by the choice of sri lanka um in this part of the world because i it's so rare that my sci-fi experience has taken me to that part of the world and uh we, we went to myanmar uh a few years ago, uh, just a couple, a couple years ago. And, uh, so, so some of that region, right. And I mean, Sri Lanka is not Myanmar obviously, but it's close. And, and this, you know, the robed, and we both spent time in China and the, the robed monks and these temples. And then when you're in like say Myanmar or, or Thailand and, and, uh, you know, I guess, I guess Sri Lanka or India, I don't know if you've been to India, but I've, I've been there once. And, and you just have like this, this, uh, I, you know, it's so, you know, with the, with the, just the heat and the, the humidity and this tropical, you know, kind of monsoon rains and this, 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 it's so different from what I have typically, you know, to me, sci-fi has so often been like Tokyo, right. Or, oh yeah. With all the tech. You know, yeah, driven by tech. Yeah. Like there's so much of that. And I think I've, I don't know that I've, I've just read so few sci-fi stories that deal with um, the, the, any, 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 any place along the equator, really, I think. Mm. Uh, so few. And, I, and so I, I found that really 
really kind of interesting. And, 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 and like you said before, like a really interesting kind of juxtaposition between the future and the ancient. And maybe that, that leads a little bit into one of those quotes about, you know, in the epigraph, um, you know, it says politics and religion are absolute obsolete. And, and the time has come for science and spirituality. And, uh, that that really struck me in reading this because sometimes when you're in those regions, it, it kind of lacks. And sure, there there's a there's this you know such a strong Buddhist influence, but I, I guess it, maybe there's something's lost in translation for me. But I've I've never felt like um, like Buddhism had such um, dogma, right? Or 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 you know, there, there wasn't so much that came with it. It was just kind of a way of sort of being. And I, I felt like that was pretty well represented here where, um, I don't know, I guess they had their rules and rituals, but it, it, um, it just served as such a, a great contrast to, to space. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. well, I think, I think those, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think from that uh, from that quote, politics and religion obsolete. Space and spirituality. It's it's time. We we always put those things together in kind of one basket and shake it up and and hope it all works out. And it doesn't work out very well. Um, so so if we could take if we could take religion and politics, you know, the dogma of religion and and politics out and look, look at, at science, which should be based on, on the truth as we know it. And spirituality is, 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 is what is spirituality? Some, something different than religion, right? Um, I, it makes sense to me. It, 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 it has that, that quote has a, a ring of, of truth to it. We, we could live with science and spirituality, but politics and religion have, have failed us. Right. I mean, it kind of like the, uh, I mean, this isn't a, is a, is a good segue into star glider. Um, but they, they, I like that part. Yeah. Star glider seems to, yeah, me too. I think that's probably my favorite part. Star so star glider was what? Well, it just seems to, you know, so Star Glider being this, and help me out here, but Star Glider was a sort of an emissary, right? A, a, a robotic. Uh, yeah, our, our first contact with, with uh, extraterrestrial life. Right. Even though there wasn't life, it was, it was made by, you know, other extraterrestrial life that just sent the Star Glider out to, you know, kind of like our... Um, what was that satellite we sent out to gather information and to uh, to just see what what's out there? We shot it out yeah, of our solar space. system. Yeah, I was based on the name. I, I know what you're talking about, right? And and um, yeah, so cool to have this exchange. And I and I guess for me, part of the the connection to the uh, science and spirituality is that probe uh, from light years away was just. You know, the, the, the main point was that what are you guys still doing, you know, debating these issues and, 
you know, making things more complicated than they actually are, right? With your religion, right? Or your, your concept of God that, uh, oh, I'm so biting my, my, my tongue right now. Uh, I, I, I want to make the analogy to, um, what's happening in Congress in the United States, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you can say it. I think we should be, we should be true, <laughs> right? Like, uh, uh, but anyway, like, but I, 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 I thought, now this, that the Star Glider has effectively destroyed all traditional religions, yay, it, we can, uh, can uh, at last pay serious attention to the concept of God. Now, see, for me, I, I, I re- had to read that line several times to, you know, to, and I still don't totally get it because religion and God are so connected that how can you disconnect those things and then what does god mean i i guess that that's the that's the question well and i i I, yeah and i think for me to go back to the 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 region setting you know say um taprobane sri lanka these monks that were living there i i i guess i never got the sense that that uh, monks or or people, um, I guess Buddhists, really that they 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 spend much time thinking about that, right? Um, whereas I think in the quote unquote kind of West with our Protestantism and, and Christianity, that um, there you know is a lot of time spent trying to figure all that out rather than just sort of being right. Yeah. Yeah, I've Yeah. I I I probably my spirituality is more uh leaning that way for uh I I try to live a balanced, you know, life, you know, choose the middle path and um uh meditate to to try to uh, reach some a form of higher spirituality. It's it makes more sense to me than than the the kind of uh, religion I grew up with. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I, I just have an issue with authority in some ways, and so <laughs> you know the idea that uh, there's this let it all out. This is a place to talk about it. <laughs> authority. <laughs> Well, just, just, I mean, the idea that there's some sort of innate hierarchy is, is, um, I guess something I hope isn't true. Right. Um, I, I would hope that it's, I would, I I don't know. I don't know what it, it has. I don't know exactly what my vision of the alternative is, but I would hope that there isn't just like, I, I don't like the idea that everybody's got a place and a predetermined future and that, um, some, some entity maybe pulling the strings of er- everything else, right. Or everyone else. I, I just don't, I just don't like that idea. Um, I, I think, you know, I, so, I, I, I guess this, this book raises some, it doesn't raise those questions, just kind of, you know, it, it's, it's, um, uh, dismissing those ideas. Right. I mean, I kind of wanted to know more about Arthur C. Clarke, 
as I was reading. And I wondered how many of those little glimpses of this or that that seem a bit uh, autobiographical or you get some, you know, some glimpses into an author's mind. And I, I kind of wondered um, to what degree this, this reflected his own sense of spirituality, but I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I know a little, a little bit, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't look into that. He, he's one of those guys that, and this is so cool, that is a creative science fiction writer that people like the, like world space agencies and NASA call up for, you know, their, uh, to be part of their think tank. How cool mm. is that? Very cool. Yeah, I did a little cursory, uh, some flash research just before, uh, I mean, this afternoon and, and, uh, didn't have a chance to really get into it, but I saw he was, uh, I don't think lived to be 90 years old. Um, and I think, I think died 12 years ago, something like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, was pretty, yeah, pretty, uh, uh, lucid and, and, uh, you know, was, was interviewing up until the, about the time he died. Um, yeah, interesting guy. Um, um, some, something that I pulled up said that like Asimov was a great science writer, but, but, uh, Arthur C. Clarke was the great science fiction writer. Ah, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now we've read, we've read Asimov way back when, and, and now we've read Arthur C. Clarke. And I'm trying, yeah, it'd take me a while to put that together to see if I agree with that or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I haven't read enough of either to have a strong opinion, but I, I felt like I, well, I, don't, I mean, maybe maybe I just don't know, you know maybe my science, my, my understanding of science and engineering is too weak, but I, I kind of felt like this seems to be trying to do more with science and uh, like the foundation is, I felt I felt like that was much more political and less science oriented than this oh, story. Yeah, yeah, right? totally, totally uh, uh, political. That, yeah, but definitely on a on a it was on a wider scope, a, a, a true space opera that uh, the foundation. Which yeah. is which is going to be a movie soon? Is that a movie too or a series? That was a series, right? Ooh, that was a series. Oh, Foundation. I don't know. Now I'm questioning my memory of that. I think I think it was. Uh, uh, it series, it right? it would lend itself to be a series. No series. That's the Apple. Okay. TV one. Yeah. All right. I I got totally confused on uh, between Dune and the Foundation, and you know what was going on with those those uh, projects. And uh, but they're coming out. We'll see them. We'll talk yeah, about the them. Foundation is June two thousand twenty two. Twenty two. Hmm. I th- oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I do remember being disappointed about that. Well, it's a long time from now. <laughs> yes 
and uh, and and multiply that in the time of the pa- pandemic. Yeah, no kidding. That's probably why. Hey, so Star Glider. Um, so it's it's passing through uh, solar systems, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess a couple of questions there. What would you send Star Glider? Or let's say if you had to think of a. Uh, um, I was I, I, part of me was like you know a broader question. What would you send Star Glider to represent us? And and maybe something to think about like which science fiction stories would you send star glider see it all depends on what kind of person you are if if you are the kind of person um oh oh wait uh who who believes in war of the worlds which which is a series and and we just finished that uh series on epics the channel epics it's a british show and it is quite a bit different than what i remember you know the original war of the worlds but it's still very very i i, I thought dramatic and, and well well done okay. um so war of the worlds uh so if you're if you're somebody who believes in that you know what what happened in that story yeah we 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 send off signals into space and into places where we thought um there could be life and sure enough they there was and they sent they sent a, an army to destroy us we've read a couple stories like that what was the third the third third body solution third body problem yeah problem yeah yeah uh, another you know uh kind of uh bad response uh from you know, messages sent into space. So what would I, I send the star guy? I think there's a series coming out for the three body problem too. I'd love to see that. Love yeah, to I see that. something about the trouble of adapting that. Um, actually, I haven't listened to it yet. It's a podcast on the watch. I don't know if you listen oh. to that. Uh, you, you, you should check out the watch. You'd like that podcast. I'm writing it down. The yeah. watch. They 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 do a great job of breaking down some good TV. Pretty much anything that they recommend, I usually check out. They they have some great uh, great tips. Yeah, the watch. So, what would I send the Star Glider? I would I would send. Um, uh, I we don't live uh, in this sector of this you know this uh, galaxy. Looks someplace else. That could be one response, you know, misdirection. Oh, um, okay. Or we could we could show them what a total mess of a planet this is, and and they would never want to come here. Or if it was, or if it was a, a benevolent um, star glider, um, I I think I think one of the things that humanity is so good at is is making stories, telling stories, making music. Our creativity is, is um, something I think quite special. The diversity of, of life on this planet um, is amazing. So something in that way, I think. What about you? 
Yeah, I mean, my first thought was like, oh, I love Bradbury. I'll send them Bradbury. And then I thought, oh, God, if they're reading Fahrenheit 451, they're going to think they're in trouble. And then, um, yeah, I, th- I guess I, I would probably send them um, so many of those classic kind of um, transcendent uh, writers and musicians. So, you know, a, a Mozart, a, a Shakespeare, right? Uh, um, yeah, I think those capture kind of the the soul of humanity and it's in all its complexity. That's not uh, not not too fret- threatening, right? Um, that's that's vulnerable enough that it's not so threatening. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, what uh, yeah, what what uh question related to that um and i guess pretty loaded but what what would you know how would if, if star glider were passing by the world today geez what would it what would <laughs> what kind of evaluation would we get i i i think they drop one of those space uh, uh buoys uh with a, a warning signal don't don't approach this just let them just let them handle it. Uh, just see what happens in a hundred years. Come back in a millennium and see if they're still here. I love that. A space buoy. Where, where did you come up with that? Oh, oh a lot of uh, science fiction films and, and series. You know, if there's a planet that, you know, they've had such bad experiences on, you know, um, for for example, if if uh, the Star Trek uh, crew sends down um, six people, uh, and you know the names of four of them uh, who are the main characters, you know two aren't going to come back. Right, and they might they might drop one of those uh, uh, buoys, you know, saying, "Oh, this planet is so bad." They, you know, or if it's a planet that wants to be left alone, you could do it that way too. But there, yeah, there's, there's uh, a lot of examples of that. Uh, that's funny. I never thought of it as a space buoy. I love that idea. Yeah, space buoy. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a, what, a, what a nightmare we would look like these days. Although I, I, maybe, maybe we're just too close to the action. To you know, is, is there something admirable about our, our feeble efforts to deal with it, right? Like if you were... If you, you have to look closely, huh? You have to you have to get into the hospitals and and stand next to one of those um, uh, care workers, and uh, and I think that's that's when you see humanity shine. But if but if you you know get out and just listen to the noise on the on the airwaves, it's it's pretty. I think it's pretty hard. I mean, to some some greater being, we're just like these little ants trying to pull something, you know, that's just a little too awkward or heavy and we're trying to figure it out. But, you know, maybe it's fascinating to some, some higher being speaking of higher so, being you know, the image, the image I just got was, was uh, the ant farm that, that uh, you, you know, you put the dirt in and then you throw a bunch of ants in there and they make the little tunnels and stuff around. That's, you know, 
that's the greater being looking in on the planet Earth, you know, as an as yeah, I get your image on that. Yes. Well, yeah, exactly. And because we're we're like uh, what grade five. So in this book, they talk about the different star glider talks about the different levels, right? Or we're level. Yes, five. I like that a lot. And, yes, I can't uh, tell you that because that's for level sixes. Right. Right. That's. <laughs> Yeah, the higher the higher levels uh, don't reveal to the lower levels what what life is like above, right? Uh, or don't reveal yeah. their technology too soon. I suppose there's probably some oh. it's probably pretty wise, right? You wouldn't want to give, um, you, you know, you maybe maybe you know you need you need to evolve through some things before you'd want to have technology that's way beyond what you can handle, right? Well, evolve if you can. Maybe you'd never evolve that far. Maybe that's what, you know, this is it for you. You can't go any higher than this. Yeah, level five is like nuclear power. And we have to see if uh, if we're if we're good enough to get through that. And once we are, maybe we can move on to the next level. Right? <laughs> There's a video game in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, level up. Um well, you 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 mentioned you know in our in our it seems like you felt like this this was well let's maybe we we don't have to go there yet I'm just kind of looking well, should we should we talk about some of our favorite sci-fi elements? You uh, won the prize. Yes, let's do that. Well, from our list here, we obviously have the space elevator. Well, we should talk about that a little bit because. I I don't know if that was as clear to me or as meaningful to me as it. I, I feel like there's something I'm not quite maybe envisioning there. So I I I guess I see that this there's two pieces that were a little unclear to me. One okay, so this this um, it's got this sort of a filament, right? This kind of tape that's uh, you know this this. Uh, but I love all the 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 references to spiders. I love it when sci-fi authors use natural elements to sort of uh, 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 you know uh, zoo, what would be zoology, like some kind of like. Oh these, yeah, these... where do you think Velcro came from? Yeah, yeah, yeah and those, I, I love... those those sticky those sticky. Uh, uh, plants with a, a little little thorns. You know, somebody looked at that and said, "Oh, yeah." And so you got this kind of gossamer line that goes up into space, right? This thin line, and there's this this inverted or or, or uh, I don't know, up, uh, kind of a, you know, like a, 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 a what's the right word? Like a, like a like a train car that's been flipped over that slides up and down. It works like sort of an elevator. There's different levels. And then it goes to this midway point, right? Yeah. And then where, where, where is the anchor? Like, was that, that is that, that's some sort of a, it's in the, it's in the atmosphere. It's in, the, it's beyond the atmosphere, right? At that point, like a satellite. Just beyond the a- atmosphere. Yeah. Just beyond the atmosphere. And then, and then from my understanding that, if if we just did it that way and just left the you know the the top of the elevator uh, as a satellite um, above above the our atmosphere, um, 
uh, the movement of our planet would would throw it around like a, a tetherball, maybe. And so we need some. We needed something like a, a according to Arthur C. Clarke, uh, we we needed something like a um, asteroid that much mass to anchor it in into space, so that took it up even higher. And and what I thought was pretty cool was no, you can't you can't really make all of that um, filament um, with any gravity. So they had to they had to move their their factories for that just off off asteroid off you know base and and do it into space. Hmm. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. And then and then what they could do with all that technology that they have in space is take it to Mars and and build one there or yeah. some someplace else. Yeah, it's super fascinating. I mean, you can see why NASA might reach out to them. It's really uh, thinking outside the box, right? Outside the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I guess in the very beginning when they were thinking about building this, I, I envisioned it a little more like, um, I don't know what, what is exact, you know, what, what uh, sci-fi story maybe it compares to, but you know, maybe a bit like Stargate, not, not a gate so much as a, a track. And I, I, it doesn't make sense given the, the rotating aspect of it, but I thought this, this tape, this, uh, uh, filament would just kind of like star glider would go off forever. So in my mind, when they were building this elevator, like it would just keep extending and extending and extending, which is totally impossible. Like that, that I don't know why I was thinking that, but you know, I mean, I thought uh, it would but, kind of like go off forever, almost like warp speed into another, you know, yeah. Source. Yeah. But 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 you're kind of onto something there because at the end, the the end of this story was my favorite. I I really liked the end um, when he looked up, and this is this is a quote that that I I liked. Um, how astonished one of the old astronomers would have been to see this necklace around the sky. Necklace being all these space stations that are in geosynchronous orbit uh, right around the equator. So in his dying moments, he had, uh, Morgan had, spoiler alert, had, um, had imagined connecting all of these space stations from different countries, different reasons, connecting them together with this filament that you're talking about. And then from each space station, now that it's all connected and solid Hmm. uh, with, with the first one being kind of the anchor, they could build more elevators up to each station. Now you've got, now you've got a a system where you can endlessly send rockets and, and, and cargo and all of that stuff in, into space, um, which is really, you know, the next, the next step. But I, I kind of, I, I really like that idea of the earth being the, the hub and the elevators being the spokes out to the space stations that right. would send us out beyond. Yeah. It's almost like a space, um, subway system, right. Or, a, uh, you can almost like leap throb, leapfrog through space, right. Going from one, yeah one line to the next, um, yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's a really original concept. I mean, I never, I never yeah, it never crossed my mind. Um, 
Very interesting. And, and of course, the tower and the biblical kind of aspect of it. Um, yeah. Mentioned. It was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it was actually mentioned. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and then I remembered the, what was it that, um, and who was the author? Was it Yang who wrote those short stories? And we were after yeah. one of the short stories in that book, but one of them was called The Tower of Babel. Yeah, Stories of My Life. Mm-hmm. Stories, stories of my of, life, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, this this doesn't have all the hubris um, that that comes along with that, right? It wasn't like they were trying to be to be gods in some way or, or reach heaven. It was more about just exploring. I mean, I think Morgan. I guess that that's the thing with Morgan, and he has this this ambition and this, um, it was a nice, nice, uh, again, spoiler, but a nice end for him that, um, cause you do, I, I, I got the feeling reading this and kind of working through it, wondering where, you know, how does this all work out? Where do we go with this? Uh, what's the plot, right? Like what's the real plot here? And, and at the end it kind of, it picks up pace and, 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 and for him to, um, it, it almost seemed out of character, right? Or maybe that's the character change uh, where, you know, he makes this decision to sacrifice himself to save some, some people. Right. Um, and probably, yeah. probably ultimately to, you know, that, that sacrifice um, and the, the myth making that probably happens afterwards could be the kind of thing that would make sure that this project continues. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I I I was I was satisfied with that ending. I you know, I don't like to see characters die, of course, and and um you know, it was a cold lonely d- death in a in a in an amazing, you know, time and space. So, yeah, I yeah, I guess I yeah, I agree with you. Well, and he, we might as well talk about the end a little bit now. I guess we're already there. But um, so I I was struck by the title of the book, right? So it's The Fountains of Paradise. And he hears this waterfall in the end. I love that imagery. I think if there's a beautiful way to enter an afterlife, or I suppose just to let go, what better way than the sound of a waterfall? Um and of course, water being like this symbol of, of, of life energy. Um, and I, 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 I guess I wasn't quite sure why it ends with, um, oh, let me see. so, you know, it ends with, um, yeah, sorry, let me just grab the, yeah, the last dawn. And then we get, um, The Starglider, the epilogue. Yeah, well, it's like it kind of ends with. I, mean, I know it starts with Kalidasa and then ends with Kalidasa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalidasa's triumph. I don't know that I really got the epilogue, like, because there was there was a part of me, I guess, earlier on when, um, you know, the 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 kind of head monk, which is um, what's 
what's the guy's name? Uh, the Ma... Mahanake? No, that was the... No. Yeah, yeah no, I know who you... you the, the, the Techno Monk? Is that who you're thinking of? You say Techno Monk? There was one of the monks that was um, when uh, Morgan was trying to convince them to, you know, share the mountain. Um, he kind of held back, and you know, he he knew everything. Um, but he was he was a monk, but he was also a, a you know a bright scientist. And after the monks left, he found a, his his place in a corporation and and. Uh, Shed his uh, monk robe for you know a suit and tie. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I was thinking of not the, that guy. Um, no, it, there's a part where oh, shoot, I don't have this well enough to talk about. I guess there's a part where the the I think it's mana mananyahe or or what's what's and and he there's a point where he kind of descends and he sees this sort of cloud, right. That's moving with this monsoon. And it's just before those butterflies are kind of released that right arrive at the top. And, and I guess, I guess there was a part of me that was wondering if he did that on purpose as a way of setting all this in motion Right, that he he could see that this needed to happen, like this was like interesting. Yeah, Ooh, I like I, that. I, I, yeah, I didn't exactly get evidence for that in the end, but there's still a part of me that wonders if that wasn't the case. And so, then when you get this Kalidasa's triumph, and this the master of swarms, right, and this this kind of the Homer, right, this sort of alien, right, that a lot that that arrives. I was wondering yes. if they, if if that was what this monk had seen that set this all in motion. You you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't um, it wasn't a cloud or these butterflies, but rather this 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 being from the future had arrived, and that was what set in motion the butterflies that that then caused you know the the them to ring the bell and to abandon the mountain. And therefore, the this this civilization on Earth could finally start to really expand, right, and progress. Hmm. So, some world building from the star gliders. Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah. Right. That there was a right that they were they were um, giving them a key of sorts to kind of yeah start, start a little a little nudge in the right direction. Yeah, um, I don't know. What was your take on the epilogue? What did you What did you think? I, I was I was confused by it. Yeah, it it, it is confusing. I'm, um, and yeah, I I didn't totally understand all of the stuff that was going on. Other than then, it, it's kind of like the Earth is is frozen because of the ice age caused by the uh, solar flares. Uh, everybody by that time had gone up into the through the spokes up into the cities that had had formed because once you connect the spokes and you connect the 
you connect the space stations all the way around the planet, then just like just like what's happening with the you know the the big cities uh, of the world along the coasts, they grow together and become a what is it a, a mega city? What do we call them? Um, like megalopolis or megalopolis? Yeah. So what would this be a space alopolis? Hmm. And and that's where that's where the children that the the star glider guy had um, brought them from. So they lived up there. Or, you know, you could go beyond and live on the moon or the or Mars. Uh, but they came for a vacation, right, to to the Earth. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. It was kind of like a little picnic. But they, um, yeah, I guess kind of like um that movie ai where this little kid was was the artificial intelligence robot and and he lost his family and he went through all of these horrible things and finally ended up he was he he thought his family was in this this uh from this ferry or something and he and uh he he got to a a, a carnival or something and thought he saw his family or the the fairy that could you know turn him into a boy or whatever and he it just stopped there for like two millennium and then there was another ice age and these beings that must have been us evolved from you know two thousand years found him brought him back and you know um this is the world now and I kind of got that feeling from this it was like that long in the future where, where the space elevators are still being used. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that, that take. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of want... I, I, guess, I guess for me, you know, in evaluating this book, I, I, I love the world building, and I wanted more of that world. And I didn't feel particularly attached to any character, right? There was there was a, like kind of a human element that I think was missing for me. Oh, you uh, wanted Han Solo and um, <laughs> Princess Leia? Well, it didn't have to you be. Want, you want Darth Vader? But I, I wanted no. I think I wanted a, like a I don't know a Clarice or a Montag, or I wanted some some romance or or I. Yeah, I don't know. Just some kind of there. Were, there it, it just there wasn't a, a lot of of humanity. I think in this story, like there was like some really cool engineering, some really interesting ideas, um, and I appreciated all that. But I wanted, yeah, a little more humor. And uh, uh, this is why this is why you you say it's not literature. Maybe yeah okay all right yeah well, I mean that, that was our, our pre-recording recording but I I uh, yeah we have to have that conversation like at some point because and that's the challenge with um, yeah with science so fiction. so you're saying so you're saying Star Wars is more 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 of a, a so piece of literature than Fountains of Paradise said <laughs> you said Star Wars uh, not, not me no but like um, I I. Well, it will be an example. I mean, I mean, I think to me, there's so many. Well, we're about to get into the conversation then, but I, I, 
I I would say Fahrenheit four five one to me is much more literary than this this story. Oh, because uh, the characters become books. Is that it? <laughs> well, because they spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spoiler. Um, let's let we should have that conversation. We should do a few side episodes where we don't really maybe we just we just don't talk about a. Uh, 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 don't just focus on a book, but we could talk about a concept like that. Like, you know, it's, 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 this episode is not life, death, sci-fi, but, uh, the non-literary, the literary and sci-fi and just, uh, see what we can make of it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let me list off the rest of these, uh, sci-fi elements. So space elevator or the orbital tower, uh, thermo cloak, Right, which is just uh, some Patagonia project uh, uh, product, right? Uh, Star glider. Did you see that Patagonia, by the way, had clothing that that in the tags it says "vote the assholes out." Uh. <laughs> Side note: uh, <laughs> I love I love Patagonia. Um, so this this metallicized uh, metallist fabric. Um, I love that baldness can be cured. That's that's amazing. What a red. Well, so I don't know. Like, I think I think uh, they're on the way to doing it now. Oh, I think you're right. But <laughs> I, I just I just love that. Uh, those are the little moments where I'm like, okay, Arthur C. Clarke was a little bit traumatized by his receding hairline, and this was an <laughs> idea that came to mind. You know uh monsoon control yeah that that's a really fascinating idea to me like controlling the weather yeah that was that was a big big deal in this in this book it was mentioned several times and had to do with uh a turning point well and that's a very anti uh, but not according to you the turning the turning point was was, was more high-handed well, maybe, but I think that's a good moment of, um, you know, to, to include that is to suggest that there is no God, right? Because the weather and the elements and nature are a symbol for a higher being, right? Um, you know, certainly in like Greek mythology or something. So that, uh, you know, the idea that man could control weather would be another reason against the idea of God, right? There's, 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 you know what? What's if if nothing is is random or outside of man's control? Then um, if it's just a matter of science, then there is no God, right? Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was cool. So monsoon contr- monsoon control, organ regeneration, and there's already we're already doing some of that, right? Uh, it's I love not the, sci-fi. Uh, yeah. I, I love the personal interest profile. The PIP. Like it just sounds like online dating or something like, you know, you just have to update all your interests every once in a while as a way of, uh, you know, for other people. Um, uh, it sounded, it's it, that, I mean, this, this was written pre Facebook and all of the apps that go along with that. Oh, yeah. Um, like 79, uh, I think was a date. Yeah. Yeah. And so to really, you know, it, it's almost like he's poking fun at it, but he's not. He's he invented it. Personal interest profile. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you search if you search Arthur C. Clarke in YouTube, you get uh uh that he invented the internet. 
there's a bunch of there's some clips of him talking about that before the idea was satellites. That's his big thing was that yeah, this satellite um, network that uh, uh, you know changed communication forever. There's yeah. a yeah lifetime identity. What's up? What was that again? I can't remember. Lifetime identity. What'd you say, baby? My meeting's really long, so maybe I should say goodbye now. Yeah. Can you say life, death, sci-fi? Laggy. <laughs> Every time. Get out of here. <laughs> out of here. One day it will happen. Laggy. Okay. That was funny. Okay, close the door now. Laggy. Bye-bye. Laggy, 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 laggy. Okay, you gotta say blaggy once, and then say life, death, sci-fi. Laggy, laggy, bye bye. Awesome, high five. Laggy. Okay, got you. Yay! That's my friend Eric. Can you say hi, Eric? Laggy, Eric. <laughs> hey, Charlie, how you doing? Good. Laggy. Ah. Okay, we're we're gonna wrap it up. We're almost done. I'll see you soon. Laggy, laggy. Yeah, she's just saying blaggy. It's not video. You can come in here and grab her if you want. <laughs> Wife's hiding the cutie okay. pie. Blaggy, blaggy, blaggy. See you later, kid. Um, I think my I that's like my my uh, Cora. It's my coronary alarm. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the first warning. Dog scratching at me here. Kid scratching at me. Oh, oh. Yeah, we got we got dinner here, but um, the oh, yeah, what are you having for dinner? Like a What's bacon. for dinner? Well, we're actually this is it's it's going to sound uh, yeah we're having ribeye steak. Oh my god! And some uh, peas and uh, mint that we've been growing ourselves. Ah. The, the, the mints. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, we were going to have mashed potatoes, but we're going to have it with uh, rice because I, I made a uh, oh. Spanish tortilla this morning with the uh, potatoes. So oh. we couldn't use those. But uh, yeah, That we sounds it was, amazing. We didn't, we didn't realize it was ribeye. I, I was trying to get some sirloins for this kind of barbecue we were going to. And and uh, and uh, I didn't really get it at the time. He's like, no, these are these are similar. And then I, I had to look it up. It was like oh, ojo de de bife, you know, ojo de bife. And it was uh-huh. that's that makes sense. That's ribeye, you know, like basically. Oh yeah, beef, yeah, beef yeah. Pie, you know, um, so that's what we're having here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think um, I think we are pretty close, right? Um, yeah. I I, um, I mean, I think it's I, probably- I just I just have to say this in closing. It's been an up. I think it was an uplifting story. Hmm. I think the magic yeah. beans had been planted. Oh, magic beans! I, I do okay. want to know. Jack I do want to know. Oh, yeah, I do want to know if if this elevator has a thirteenth floor, and what kind of music they listen to. Yeah, we need some elevator music. I was trying to pick out. Uh, Something I think I had some notes. Yeah, we usually we, we got to play some some kind of music here at some point in our podcast. And there was oh a, oh, it's got to be Stairway to Heaven because there's a quote. And then for the first time in history, we will have a Stairway to Heaven, a bridge to the stars. I like that. 
there was some kind of music. Look at my notes. There was some kind of music mention that I wanted to look up. That was like um, it was Johann Sebastian. Is that what I'm remembering? For where did you hear this? It, it was it in the story. Well, it, was mentioned. it was mentioned in the story. Yeah. Is that a uh, yeah? Yes. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think maybe he was, uh, Morgan was, you know, uh, he was, I think he was talking about um, yeah. geniuses yeah. or people exactly. who had that, you know, that the big ideas could put it all together. Yeah. The Johann Sebastian Bach, right? He was all the Johann Sebastian clones. Huh? Yeah, they were the Johann Sebastian clones. That was name because it was it was a group from the future. Oh, okay. That was, that was something else I loved about this book, where there's like these real illusions, and then there's other made up ones. I love that in sci-fi when they make up these realistic sounding groups from the future or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, here's here's a here's a little uh, elevator music as they. As we as we ascend. I don't know. It's YouTube. The best of Bach. Yo, the Johann Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. The Johann. That it. That it'd be great for the first ten minutes, but if it kept on for the next what twenty four hours. You might, yeah, that would be a little. You might want to jump out. There would I, be this little ejection door, you know, too much Bach. Yeah. You can go. Just I'd rather just burn up <laughs> the atmosphere. Um, well, um, yeah, it was a good one. What um, What are we thinking next? What um, What's next? Do we, do we, we haven't decided yet, have, have we? You have. Um, Books you got at Powell's, and I think we were looking at that that stack. Well, so what do you what do you have in there? I think that was the one that I have. I was hoping to read something in hard copy. So I guess guess here's here's a few books in hard copy that are still sitting in front of me from our last meeting. Um, I would I would throw out three here. Um, I I have never read and I've always wanted to read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay. I think that's considered early sci-fi, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. J.D. Yeah. Ballard's The Drowned World. Mm. And I've got another one. This one's like young adult fiction. Um, feed. Ooh. Uh, feed. Feed. Like the, like the feed. Not, not feeding, but the feed. Yeah, feed. It says... When there is a constant stream of games, shows, chats, ads, feeding directly into your brain, does the world make sense without it? Titus and his friends have never wondered about the streaming until a hacker causes their feeds to malfunction, leaving them stuck on the moon with nothing but their own thoughts for days. If that weren't mind-boggling enough, Titus meets Violet, a girl who has made the conscious decision to fight the feed this smart savage satire depicts a future that is unnervingly close to the here and now Mm. 
Yeah, MT Anderson. It's between that and and um, Frankenstein. Which which one? Frankenstein. Yeah, you want Frankenstein? Um, well, I, I, I is that is that literature? Is Frankenstein literature? <laughs> oh, uh, I see a theme. The Drowned World marked the debut of one of the most original writers of our time. Technically brilliant, dazzling, dazzlingly inventive. Ballard uses fantasy to reflect the aberrations of contemporary society and to penetrate the labyrinthine passages of the human psyche. The Drowned World as at once fast-paced narrative, stunningly evocative of a flooded tropical London of the near future and speculative foray into the workings of the unconscious mind. Yeah, I was wondering if that would, this one would be kind of like Waterworld or something, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds... Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, I can, and tell, then, I, I can tell that you would like Feed, I feel like. Should we go with that one? Young Adult, switch it up. Uh, author on that one? M.T. Anderson. M.T. Anderson. Okay. Okay, The Feed. All right. Let's do it. <laughs>